I didn't want to feel anything. I didn't want to feel my chronic pain. I didn't want to feel that every day I wanted to cry all the time. I didn't want to feel anxiety. Anxiety is horrible. I cannot say this enough. It's like you've been stuffed into an elevator and you just cannot breathe. It's horrible. And alcohol was helping me numb that anxiety. It was making me run from it. It was just a way to run from myself. Vanita had hit rock bottom while working at a job she wasn't happy in. She was relying on unhealthy habits and patterns to keep her going and communicating with others. It wasn't until she came in contact with a therapist that everything changed. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots that we make in order to keep moving forward. Venita, always a writer, started journaling with more intention, bringing an awareness to her thoughts. Having her thoughts down physically on paper helped her see the thoughts that were controlling her life and allowed her to literally cross off the ones that were unnecessary. Through a lifestyle focused on overproductivity, it was a blessing in disguise to be made redundant at a corporate job. The burnout Venita was experiencing was jeopardizing her health and wellness in various ways. Taking time for herself and focusing on her writing, Vanita began to feel better in her body, mind, and spirit. It's been the time and consistency of choosing herself first that has helped shift Vanita's life into a more positive place. Her books are sharing her learnings and perspectives with others in both subtle and more obvious ways. We start the conversation today with a question. So what was rock bottom? Okay, so I would say my rock bottom was... um... I've just realized this four years ago, not three years ago, when I was 27 years old. Um, I was just made redundant from a job that genuinely I didn't like. Um, I'm thankful for the job. It taught me a lot. I had an amazing manager, but um, I didn't like the job. It was a corporate job and I was getting paid decent money. And it's technically speaking, it's what people would actually call their dream job. But I wasn't happy in it. Like I, I mentioned earlier during our discussion, like I would literally rely on alcohol to keep me going, to keep me communicating with people. And that is what I was doing at the job as well. I was literally relying on alcohol to keep me going in meetings, open up discussions and things like that. And then what happened, like the universe just decided to make me redundant from a job that I wasn't happy in. And then at that point, I realized like I took a look at myself and I was like, Benita, what are you doing with your life? You know, what are you here to do? Your mental health is a mess, technically speaking, and I say that in the most frank way possible. Your emotions are a big bag of just mush, like you're crying every single day. Um, Your physical health is a mess as well. And I mentioned as well that I was born with a condition and that left me in chronic pain. So I was constantly going to work in pain and I was running from everything that I was feeling. And that was essentially my rock bottom. And then I looked at myself and was like, what do you want to do with your life? And at the age of 17, I wrote two books, um, Broken Branches and Broken Bows. I had been at the time, I wrote them at the age of 17. and I was continuously editing them. And what I would do in my corporate job as well, I would go to work at six o'clock in the morning, work on my writing, like my books, edit my books. And then I would go into the meetings at the same time. So I wasn't even focusing on why I was there. I was focusing what I was passionate about and what kept me going. And I looked at myself, I'm like, I love to write. I love helping people. I love being of service to people. And that is what I want to do. And then at the time I set up Purple Rome Project, which at the time was a mental health platform. 
I would run um, events from the project and with that money that I made, I would give it to charities. Um, so I gave it to Great Almond Street, Mind Charity. Um, I can't remember some of the other charities that I gave it to. But at that same time as well, when I looked at my mental health, I'm like, I want to sort myself out. I want to help myself. As I previously just mentioned was that we have to want to help ourselves. And I say this to a lot of people that I come across who ask me for advice. It's, it's no good just saying, I want to get better. We have to want to help ourselves, And when we make that shift in ourselves, the whole entire, entire universe will push everything in your favor, will move literally everything to be in your favor. And at the time, the four years ago, when I realized that I wanted to help myself, I would go online and I would literally go on every single site that was to do with mental health. And I would literally find different activities. So writing is my creative outlet. I've been writing since a very, very young age. So I wasn't just working on my books and short stories. I would write every single day to myself about my day, the thoughts that were going on in my head. And I knew I needed more help. And writing is great. I think if I didn't write every single day, I have no idea where I would be in my life. I, I can't even imagine where I would be in my life. But obviously we need more help. We need professional help. And um, I would go online, I would find different tapping. So I don't know if people know, when you tap your head, it helps to kind of, the touch itself helps with kind of getting you out your head and brings you back to your body. So mm, I think it's called yeah. EFT. It is EFT, yep. EFT is really good. Um, another activity that I found was if you actually, like for example, I don't know if people notice that when they're on their train, they get lost in their thoughts. Like literally we're thinking and thinking and thinking and we get lost completely in our thoughts. And what I started to do, and I found this online, I don't know where online, it was four years ago. What you start to do is when you have those thoughts, you write it down in your notes, literally whatever you're thinking, whatever it is that you're thinking, you could be thinking about a cat or a dog or anything like that. But any thought that you have, write them down in your notes. And then at the end of the day, what I would come to my room and do is I would get a different pen, write those notes in, in a journal. I'll take a red pen and I'll cross out everything that I did not need to be thinking of. So any horrible thought that I had, I would cross it out. I'll be like, where did this come from? Why did I have this thought? So it's starting to become aware of our thoughts. And then when I started to do those different techniques, I was finding new people coming my way that were also helping me as well. You know, people to do with mental health. And at the same time, I was looking for therapists and I was meeting therapists after therapists after therapists. And I say this a lot to people as well, that with your therapist, you have to have that connection. It's not about whether the therapist is good because every therapist, every counselor is great in their own way. You know, they all bring something to the table, but it's about that relationship that you have with that person that is working with you. And I think empathy is really, really key because when they bring that space of empathy there, they give you that space to open up and literally become vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And in December 2019, everything changed. A therapist just came forward. And she just literally just transformed everything for me. It was literally rock bottom. Like, it's just that word. Like, I wouldn't call it rock bottom. It's because the thing is, we need to be in that place to realize that we need to help ourselves. If we don't get to that place, we don't realize how much we need to work on ourselves and how much help we actually do need. I was looking at a few posts that I wrote during that time and looking at the things that I was writing is frightening. I was editing brimming bows at the time and it's scary where my head was um I just want to make it clear my books are not based on me but they have a lot of my emotions in there 
So um, the Silver Lining series is a contemporary romance fictional novel. Novels. There's two novels. Um, the first one I released in COVID last year, literally during COVID last year, I released it. And I got so much great feedback, people saying to me it's been an emotional cleansing for them and all sorts of things. Like, it's so rewarding. And the second one, it's based on mental and emotional health. The emotions represent some of the stuff that I was feeling during the time that I was editing. And the Silver Lining series is based on a man called Chris, and he has everything he's ever wanted in life. He lives a very privileged life in Kensington. And... A supernatural miracle occurred to help him realize what really matters. Mm. So, yeah. I have so many questions. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this. This is awesome. I kind of want to back up. There's two parts that I really wanted to back up to. Mm-hmm. One of them being, what was it that helped you actually get to that place? So in rock bottom, I mean, like you've said, there's so many of us that at one point in our lives, maybe a couple times, probably a lot of times, we hit the bottom of this cycle that just feels like we're, we're never going to get out. It's rock bottom. How can we get through this? What was it that actually pulled you through that? Because as much as you can bring yourself to a space where you can maybe connect back to yourself and it's really you that wants to get better, what other guiding lights did you have to really help you move forward there? Um, so like, I'm going to be really, 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 really honest. Like, um, I've had a very weird connection. Like you could call it whatever you like. You could call it the universe. You could call it God, energy, whatever you want to call it. I went through my life, like my entire life, like just pushing out the word faith, just pushing it out. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And, um, when I made that decision that I want to get to better, I literally just started to see magic occur. It was so mm-hmm. frightening. I literally just started to see it occur. And when I was at that bottom and I started to see signs of things that were happening in my favor, I'm like, there's something here. There's definitely mm-hmm. something here. And that is what renewed my faith, just renewed it completely. And um, I think it was the fact that, and I'm very, very strong on the word acceptance. Like if anyone looks at my Instagram page or anything like that, I'm very, very strong on the word acceptance. And what acceptance essentially means to me is we have to accept the order of things, the divine order of things. You know, we have to be in acceptance of it because the thing is, we cannot control anything outside of us. Literally COVID, like it's not been in our control, has it? But what we can do is control ourselves and the way we are. And essentially that means accepting yourself and accepting everything outside of you. And I may not have realized it at the time, but when I sat down, I remember when I was made redundant, I was sitting in a cafe and I was made redundant and I just started crying completely. I started crying because everyone was saying to me, you know, keep this job, it's perfect. You're getting great money and you're getting a high level job. Like you're going to be working your way up the ladder and everything, this is going to be happening and that's going to be happening for you. And then I was suddenly just made redundant. And I was just like, Everyone's been telling me to take this route my entire life. I have been following on a journey that society has told me to take. And I've done everything by everyone else's words. And then what's happened? I've just been made redundant. And then I sat in that cafe and I'm like, what is it that you want to do? What are you doing with your life? And it started with me accepting that I was, my mental health wasn't right. My emotions were a mess. And I think the biggest thing is we have to accept ourselves. I think my condition has been something that I just want to make it clear. My family are amazing. You know, they've always loved me. They've always supported me. 
but I think when you look outside of that outside the family and you know people that you may have come across you know they're gonna say something about you one way or another and that builds shame in us and that shame comes from us not accepting ourselves. you know we don't love ourselves. we we don't see the way that we are because we see it from the perception of everybody else's eyes and it starts with acceptance accepting yourself and accepting that nothing is in your control but what you can do is we essentially are the co-creators of our life and we can start by controlling our actions controlling our thoughts and you know becoming aware of ourselves. Mm-hmm. oh I could listen to you talk about that stuff all day <laughs> okay <laughs> So I, but I, the, another question that I had was I wanted to go back to alcohol and drinking and whether it was escape or whether it was helping you cope. Yeah. What were you rebelling against? Um, what I was rebelling against was what everyone else was telling me to do. Because the thing is like, I, I knew, like my mom knew that I was experiencing depression. My mom knew I was experiencing anxiety and she wanted me to go to the doctor. She wanted me to get help. And she was essentially saying, let's find you a counselor. Let's do this. And because throughout my entire life, I had seen over 101 different counsellors and none of them were able to help me, I then turned to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I think the alcohol was me running from myself mm-hmm. and running from how I was feeling. That is what it is. So one thing I've noticed that it's not just alcohol that's addiction. It can be smoking. It can even be social media, believe it or not. Social media is an addiction. And essentially what it does, it mutes everything that we're feeling. You know, we cut off from myself, we cut off from how we're feeling, you know, television, you know, when you have had a really, really hard day of work, uh, by the way, I'm not saying that it's bad to watch television, (laughs) but like too much is bad for you, but it's okay to watch TV every now and then. But the thing is what people do, you know, you've had a hard day at work. What do people want to do? They want to come home and they want to switch off. And that is what the television is there for. That is what social media has become, switching off everything that we're feeling. And that's what alcohol does to us as well it cuts us off from myself and it cuts us off from our feelings. And I was using alcohol as a mechanism to run from myself. I didn't want to feel anything. I didn't want to feel my chronic pain. I didn't want to feel that every day I wanted to cry all the time. I didn't want to feel anxiety. Anxiety is horrible. I cannot say this enough. It's like you've been stuffed into an elevator and you just cannot breathe. It's horrible. And alcohol was helping me numb that anxiety. It was making me run from it. Yeah, I think that's the answer for me. It was just a way to run from myself. How do you check in with yourself present day? I mean, how do you maintain some sort of equilibrium in your life? Or how do you, if things feel out of place, what helps you reset? Um, I write a lot. I, I cannot say this enough. I write a lot. I write so much. I meditate a lot. I pray a lot. Now, for someone that had no faith whatsoever, I pray every single day. So one thing that I've on my social media, I put this tip on my social media as well, is that we're living in a world that is really, really functioning on overproductivity. And I think that's one of the things that um, made me hit rock bottom as well. When I started off my mental health platform, I immediately went into this kind of phase of I want to prove something to myself. And that is where the overproductivity came from. I was constantly working, working, working because I was constantly trying to say to myself, I am good enough. I was basing my value on how much work I did. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things that made me hit rock bottom. And what we don't do today is that because we're constantly valuing ourselves on our productivity, 
we forget that we have emotions and a body that need to be checked in on. And what I do is on my reminder on my app, so I have a list of things that it's only the important things I remind myself of on my app. So yeah, I put in the important things in my app as a reminder. But what I also do is every few hours, I've got this reminder that says, how are you feeling? And literally every few hours, it will just ping me and ask, how are you feeling? And I will just literally take a few seconds out. And I think when I mentioned to you that I'm on my social media break, that is what I did. In November, I just suddenly became so exhausted, so burnt out from all the promotion that I was doing for Broken Branches. I was just like, I need to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And when that how are you feeling came up, I was just like, I'm exhausted. I am so exhausted and I'm losing my intention. And I'm so big on the word intention as well. When you are doing something, ask yourself, why are you doing it? Our energy is so important. And if you are draining your energy with no intention, you are going to find yourself burnt out. And that's why I'm so big on intention. I I meditate, I write, and I always ask myself how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. The intention piece, I can really feel that to my core as well. There's so much that I've learned about the power of intention. I also really love that because I know that writing is not for everyone. There are some people that just cannot do it. Actually, that just reminded me. I listened to Dax Shepard's podcast. Uh, everyone was raving about his episode called Day 7. And it was where he was really opening up about relapsing. He was opening up more about using again. And that was that was a big thing. And as he was talking it out, there was one thing that he said that was so profound. And it was that he had realized he stopped journaling because he didn't want to lie to the journal. So he was lying to everyone outside of himself. And then he didn't want to journal anymore because he was just going to lie. You know, he was just going to avoid writing down the things that he really needed right, to get. Yeah. Out. He didn't. So I just, I thought about that. I was like, wow. Because journaling isn't for everyone, but I do find it to be such a therapeutic practice on so many levels when you're in that headspace for it. So I love that you found that. And the intention is incredible. I was going to ask you a little bit about self-care because that's another thing. The balance that we try and find in our lives, um, there's different ways that we find that. So I'm curious about what self-care looks like for you. Self-care, that's a really good question. So um, as I mentioned, like I have a condition, self-care to me is literally writing, becoming aware of my thoughts. And I think one thing we need to work on is our body movement. And I don't just mean through exercise. I literally just mean through working with how our body wants to move. I'm really big on body appreciation as well. As I mentioned that we become oblivious to the fact that our body works 24-7. Even right now, just sitting here, like we we become oblivious that we have a body that is connected to this earth and that needs to be appreciated. So literally, I'll just stand in the mirror and I'll be like, thank you. I'll literally just say thank you to myself. Thank you for getting me through the day. Thank you to my legs for keeping me walking throughout the day. You know, and I have hands that help me write, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have those hands, how would I write? And I like the fact that you said that because you're absolutely right. Writing is not for any everybody. And believe it or not, body appreciation might not be for everyone. I like to bake. I like to cook. And I know that sometimes people just like to play games. You know, that just kind of brings them family connection. You know, games and family connection. That is self-care. It's revitalizing something that you have something to be grateful for. You know, those little things. I love nature. I could sit in the park for hours and hours and hours. That is self-care to me as well. And that is grounding myself. 
breath work oh my gosh I cannot say this enough being in tune with your breath just taking like a few couple of exhales really bring you back to this present moment breath work is powerful for me I cannot say that enough it's so powerful for me Mm. so yeah okay this is great I've got my three safe haven style questions for you are you ready Mm -hmm. what are you most proud of um finding peace I would definitely say Mm. I know I, I could say my books I could say I have a lot of things that I'm proud of but if anyone were to ask me it would literally just be finding peace and I think people forget as well is that with our mental health it's not just that you take a quick pill and everything is better. It doesn't work that way. It's consistency. And our tools change as we grow, our tools change as well. And I like the fact that you said that you were talking about that guy who mentioned in the podcast that he stopped journaling because he was lying to himself. I, I get that. A lot of people tend to just write three things that they're grateful for in the morning because they feel like that should that's what they should be writing. But um, the other day I had a moment where I got so upset and so angry. I randomly just decided to write a letter to myself and it turned into like a 10 page letter about everything that I was upset about in my life. We need to get that out of us. We need to mm-hmm. move that out of our system. So, yeah, I think coming back to your question is I'm proud that I found a way to keep my peace consistent. Mm. What would you like to be known for? Bringing back kindness into the world and revitalizing the importance of acceptance. And if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be? Be yourself. I know it's so basic and you hear it all the time, but oh my gosh, be yourself. Listen to yourself. Yes, it's good to take on other people's thoughts. It's good to take on other people's opinions because that could help us grow. But listen to yourself first. The other day, someone said to me that... um, that I don't hang around with a certain group of people enough. It's not because I don't like them. You know, I have love for every single human being in this world, but not everyone is for us. And I listen to that in me. And that's maintained peace, you know. Believe it or not, if everybody listened to their self, themselves and started to become more selfish, imagine how many happy people there will be in the world. Yeah, not living yeah. to other people's expectations. Or trying to, what you think you should be doing, what you think you should be saying, wearing, eating, all the things. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's so simple and you hear it all the time, but funnily enough, people don't hear the power in the words. It's challenging to listen to yourself. It's challenging to put yourself first. It's challenging to speak your truth. But (laughs) I think it would only take a couple of times in sequence to really see what choosing yourself first can do for the rest of the world it's like putting your oxygen mask on first you can't help everyone else around you without but you can start with yourself (laughs) yes exactly exactly where can people find you online um so people can i mostly use instagram so miss vanitha core and i have a website vanithacore.com and for my books all the links are in my bio on my instagram or you could just literally type in broken branches vanitha core on amazon and can i just say you're really good at your job by the way thank you I find it really amazing how you're kind of navigating the whole conversation. It's really amazing. Like you're made to do this. Like, yeah, you're born to do this. Thank you so much. (laughs) Like you said earlier, just pre-recording when you were talking about chasing, not just chasing passion, but chasing obsession. Yeah. Who was, whose quote was that? Um, Humble the Poet. He's a spoken word artist and writer and all these other things on Instagram. I've, I've been following him, not on Instagram, but I've been following his work since for quite a few years now. And yeah, he 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 did this podcast or this interview. I heard I heard this from him quite a while back. Um, 
And he was just talking about how people want to follow their passions. But the thing is with passions is that they die out. So it's it's all about following your obsession mm-hmm. and continuing to do what you're obsessed with, because that is essentially what is bringing you happiness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's yeah. When people talk about how much time and effort I put into this, I don't see it as that. It's an obsession. It's, a, it's obsession, exactly. isn't it? It's a form yeah. of self-care for me. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. Networking, creating, having these types of conversations with other people, reaching out to people it's that revitalizing. I would never think would be on my podcast and then have them respond to be like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, it just <laughs> fills me up. I-, I love having these conversations. And to be honest, I didn't realize how much I could actually open up about myself. Mm-hmm. I become shocked with myself sometimes, like, oh my gosh, I actually said that. And I was okay with saying that. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot about yourself. And as well, I think it's to do with the person that's interviewing. It's like I just said, you were able to navigate this so beautifully and you were able to open up parts of me that like I wouldn't be able to speak to if like you meet people all the time and you don't realize that you could talk to new people more than you could talk to the people that you're with every day. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, so now I'm curious. What did you learn? What did I teach you? What did you learn from me today? Literally, you taught me how I can open up about things that Aww. I didn't like. I have. I've not spoken about alcohol with other people. Like people are too scared to touch on it or they don't know how to navigate the conversation or ask in a particular way. But you did that really beautifully. Mm. So yeah, thank you for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate you and your time so much, Benita. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. Like Mm -hmm. you're a wonderful human being. So thank you. Benita, thank you so, so much for joining me on The Safe Haven. I appreciate you and your time so much. And those kind words that you had for me at the end make my heart explode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with this platform. And I am committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us at the Safe Haven Podcast so that we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. For more great podcasts, check out FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.